The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to The Truth Is Out There, the unofficial The X-Files internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I am your host, Special Agent Samantha Hoover. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of The Fox's The X-Files. Please welcome my co-hosts, Special Agent Greg Brent. Hello! Special Agent Madison Fitzpatrick. Hey, everyone. And last but not least, Special Agent Poppy Chulo. Hey, listeners. I need a Band-Aid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Let's jump into our recap of Season 10, Episode 4, titled Home Again, and aired February 8th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Mulder and Scully are sent to investigate the murder of a city official with which no human could have committed. Scully deals with a personal tragedy, which brings up old feelings about the child she gave up for adoption. Before we jump into the initial reactions, let's check in with the ratings. Home Again was viewed by 8.31 million total viewers and scored a 2.5 in the 18-49 demographic. So what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? I will start with Poppy. I liked the episode. I really enjoy when the X-Files creates a monster and like creates, you know a specific mythology for a monster and I thought they did a really good job with that in this episode. I love when they like create these like freaky looking creatures. I mean it it was just fantastic so I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the monster of the week this week. Me too. Madison what did you think about this episode? Uh, I, I thought it was really interesting like it was really dark, I thought, which, you know, like, the X-Files always has been, like, sometimes. Like, you know, the last episode we watched was, like, hilarious, um, but this one was really dark, you know, like, it got into the, you know, the nitty-gritty of the streets with the homeless and everything, uh, and it was pretty cool with the monster, how, like, like Poppy said, like, they made it their own. Um, you know, some crappy things happened in the episode, and, uh... I thought it was a really good, you know, punch to the gut that, you know, we all kind of needed to get our feelings straight with the X-Files. So I thought it was a pretty good episode. All right. And Greg, what did you think of this episode? I felt very much the same as everybody else. Um, I really, really liked the the tone of the whole thing. Um, and the violence was off the chain, which normally isn't something that makes me particularly excited. I think violence is just a, a good storytelling thing. Um, but in this particular case, it was like, holy shit, they're not fooling around today. Yeah, Greg, like how you're saying with like the violence and stuff, you know, you and I with camera work, I loved all of the angles, all the camera work, all of the CG, you know, like all the effects. Like I thought like throughout the episode with, you know, all the, you know, the deaths and stuff that happened in the episode it was just like insane all the camera angles and the way that they filmed it it was just brilliant like everything seemed so realistic and you know artsy i liked it yeah like they did the angles could not have been better and like just the way the blood splattered in each of the the murders was beautiful i think poetic in a way they did a great job of um concealing what needed to be concealed to keep it television friendly but also showed off uh, more than enough to give you that uncomfortable feeling. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like the whole scare tactics thing. It was, it was really, really good. Yeah, I have to agree. For me, like when I first read the 
episode title, I was excited because it's a throwback to uh, season four, episode like one or two or three called Home. And that was like the most disturbing X-Files episode. So I had to expect. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Home that again. The episode, wasn't that the episode where like they were almost not allowed to put it on TV? Yeah. Like, they so and stuff. They never showed it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, that. It was so good. Yeah. And so, so disgusting. I, oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, of course they wouldn't, they don't want to do that again. And they could have done so much more. Like, if this was, if this aired um, now instead of 1996, like, they could have aired so much more gore to it, which would have been, like, incre- incredible. But anyways, yeah. And I feel like, because the Peacock family was the one. So, like, for our listeners, if you haven't seen the episode, basically there was, a, like, a few, uh, you know, people that were inbred living in this house on you know some abandoned lot you know and they've been living there since the american civil war and you know they they're kind of living amish they didn't have light they didn't have any modern technology like you know as modern as the 90s was so um and then scully and Mulder kind of stumble upon this house and it was just it was really like well done and like the the they're very um carnal the, the peacock brothers and like their mother is like hiding under this this bed and she's like the most deformed it was just very it was very gory very creepy but also like yeah cool lots of lots of inbreeding yeah which i kind of have to think the villain in this episode well the killer um was like he looked like a peacock brother like i feel like that was one of them i just couldn't tell who it was it kind of looked like that even though i we know you know when we get into the episode like that's not what it was but i was kind of hoping it was at first but Anyways, so overall, I thought this episode was awesome. Okay, so before we can get into a thorough recap, here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. Follow the show on Tumblr, thexfiles-pcr.com. Follow the station on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at Poppy Chulo Radio. Help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. And search for The Truth Is Out There through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. Okay, so the episode opens with a team of people hosing down the homeless on a side street um, in, fi- in Philadelphia due to a scheduled street cleaning. The homeless are outraged, and personally, I thought the guys were hosing them a little bit too much, kind of like in hatred, which kind of made me angry. And the team goes back to the office to warn the next set of homeless people that their cleaning happens tomorrow, and you better be ready. Like, either get out or we're going to do the same to you. So we then see a garbage truck and a strange figure hop out of a passing garbage, the, the truck. So, you know, it's kind of weird to have a, a garbage pickup at night. So I was a little suspicious of that. But um, he approaches the office and we see the man named Joseph Cutler, who was the one that orchestrated the street cleaning. He was on the phone in his office, but all of a sudden the power goes out. The strange figure approaches the office door and Cutler calls 911 on him. And he gets a revolver out of his desk and he's just like, you know what, I'll shoot, don't come any closer. The strange figure quickly approaches the man and rips his limbs apart, leaving 911 hanging on the other line. The garbage truck returns and the strange figure lies down in the back and rides away. Now, what did everyone think of this as the opening scene? That was creepy as fuck. Right? It really was. And that, oh my god. Gosh, just just the idea of like someone getting like ripped in half is like whoa, and like for them to like how they showed it, like I was like, damn, almost yeah. hard to watch. Absolutely, it was. it's fantastic. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Okay, well, <laughs> um, I like I I thought it was pretty cool, like. You know, like, gore doesn't really bother me. I don't know. So when he got ripped apart, I was like, okay, okay. So this is what he does. All right. This is how he kills people. Cool. Got that down. Um, It was it was kind of creepy, though, too. And even, like, the beginning scene, though, when they were, like, hosing down people and this guy was yelling at them. And I was like, what is going on? Like, 
why are you just hurting these people? Like, what what's happening? So it was very clear that this was the whole premise of the, you know, the episode. Yeah, like, I really liked this opening of this episode. Like, it, w- it started off okay, and all of a sudden it was just, like, very gory, very violent at one point. And, yeah, they just did a very good job of that to start. So moving forward, we see Mulder and Scully arrive at the crime scene. The Philadelphia Police Department only wanted help. They're like, you know what? We have jurisdiction here. But Scully reminds them the FBI has jurisdiction over this case because it's so unique. The photographer claims he can't lift any fingerprints somehow, which Mulder claims is impossible. Like, how can you walk around and not have, like, fingerprints, footprints, or whatever? The victim is apparently still here, in part. His head is in the garbage, and his body is on the floor. All the rest of his limbs are missing. Scully receives a call from her brother Bill in the midst of this uh, analyzation of the crime scene, and Bill informs her that her mom has had a heart attack and she's in ICU. Scully excuses herself to go to the hospital. Mulder notes a few security cameras at the crime scene, and there's artwork on the billboard across the street. So Mulder and the Philadelphia detective watch the tapes back to see if they can discover anything unusual. Mulder notes that the victim's eyesight was aimed very high right before the camera was knocked out. And he also notes in the video that the billboard did not have any art on it at the time of the murder. And Mulder wanted to go check it out for any artist's signatures. He then notices a sticky bandage on the bottom of his shoe with odd substances on it. We then see Scully arrive at the hospital and she sees her mom, Margaret, who appears to be in a coma and slowly approaches her. The nurse said Margaret regained consciousness and had apparently asked for Charlie, Dana's estranged brother, and only Charlie. She didn't ask for Dana or William or Bill or her son or her husband, nobody, just Charlie. Scully holds her hand and tries to speak to her, telling her she understands what she's going through. Because Dana, you know, several years ago was in the hospital and she was experiencing a very similar um, experience. And that her whole family, she said, oh, well, Junior's here and your husband's here and all the siblings are here, like Melissa. We're all here just to comfort her. And Dana pleads with her mom not to go home yet. So seeing this after the opening scene, like, the crime scene and how the body was still sort of there but kind of not and then the artwork and then um scully's mom what did you guys think of how it's playing out so far like the killer like what we've seen of the killer and then what's happened with margaret um like i said earlier like with the camera work um when scully was like running down the stairs after she got that call that was so good that like they put the camera like right on her chest kind of thing like to see her expressions like that was so cool and um I was I was really sad when I heard about her mom it was upsetting because like you don't really see her like in what like 10 years you know what I mean you haven't seen her in so long and now she's dying it's it's what what's happening yeah I think if this had been a full season or a fuller season or even a season that had just a couple more additional episodes they could have done one episode about uh scully and her mother and uh her mother being ill and in the hospital like that could have been its own episode so it's unfortunate that this was such a um, short season order that they had to like combine it with uh, this uh creepy creature man because this could have been like two separate episodes like the creature thing that's going on and then like the scully in the hospital Mm -hmm. yeah i agree it was a little rushed but like this season like if it was longer i feel like they would have had more wiggle room with everything that they had done so far so it was it was good i thought the way that they did it but it would have been more interesting i think if they split the two you know uh issues or topics up i agree and I have to wonder why they only ordered six. Like, I know the reason was because initially that short order series are like a thing because that's how like American Horror Story started and that's how everything else branched out. Oh, like these short order seasons is, is so much more appealing. But six episodes is not a lot of time. Like, like again, I've said before, we're used to like 20 episodes, 20, 22, 23, you know, and like we got so much character development in those seasons, even with, and they added in like, you know, non-character development episodes, like 
creatures of the week and stuff. And then this, it's like they're throwing everything in and like they're trying to tie in all the old original shows, like seasons Mm -hmm. to this. And I'm just like, I just want more context. I just, like everyone else is saying, I definitely agree. And I just, I hope, I hope for next season when it comes that they get a few more because that we desperately need. Yeah. I mean, it could have just been like availability of not only the actors, but the writers and, and producers and that kind of thing, as well as, I mean, they were kind of testing the waters because this series has not been on the air for almost a decade and a half and so they were testing it out to see maybe if there was an interest and obviously the ratings were there and uh, the interest was there so i think maybe that's why they had such a shorter episode order at least that's that's sort of like my guess that makes sense absolutely so Moving along, we see Mulder, who is requesting access to the building with the graffiti on it. He then hears two city officials arguing and interrupts their conversation to ask them about Joseph Cutler. Um, the one named Daryl restates that the homeless needed to move to an old hospital to get them in safe conditions. But Nancy, the other, claims that Daryl just wants to jumpstart the gentrification of the homeless and is wary of a killer among the homeless people there. So she's scared, like, oh, what if the killer's among them? What if they kill us next? And then blah, blah, blah. So... Mulder is appalled at their selfishness. Like, oh, okay, I hear Daryl speaking for the homeless, but actually speaking for himself. And then I hear Nancy speaking for the homeless, but actually speaking for herself. I want to know who is actually speaking for the homeless and not selfishly. To which one homeless man replies, the Band-Aid Nose Man. Which is an awesome name, by the way. So Mulder looks back at the billboard to find that the graffiti was gone. So it's just, there's like a big hole. It's like someone cut it out and stole it. We then see Scully sitting in the hospital, and we are then shown a flashback of when she herself was in her mother's position, and Mulder was comforting her. So, like, this is several, several years ago. Mulder told Scully she was here, just like, just like Scully had tried to do moments before. Scully opens up her mom's personal belongings, and she finds an American quarter on a necklace. Scully receives another call from Bill, and she pleads that he get to the hospital as soon as possible. Bill asks if their mom will die, to which she says she isn't sure. And she's just like, I know I'm a doctor, but like, I'm her daughter. I don't want to analyze her. She's my mom. That's not right. She says that they'll keep her on life support as per their mom's wishes. So the last time she saw their living will, that's what it had said. But then the nurse approaches Scully to inform her that Margaret had changed her living will just about a year ago. And it now says that life support was not in the details so that she just, she doesn't want to stay on it for a certain amount of time. She'll have to come off of it. Going forward, we see the men that took the graffiti for themselves. They appear to be like sellers. So one of them jokes how easy it is to make money off of the homeless, which again, that made me so angry. Oh, But one man goes to call a buyer and says, hey man, like, I, just, I just found this awesome artwork. Like, What are you going to give me for it? And then the other one stays in the room with the rest of the uh, covered up art. So he pushes it to a certain corner and then he turns around for a second, turns back, and only to see that the artwork itself was gone. Like it had vanished off of the billboard. So the one man tries to figure out why his friend had turned the painting around. He comes back and he's like, oh man, like, I can get you hooked up with this date. Like, I don't know what he was talking about. But he comes back and he's like, why did you turn it around? Like, it's going to not dry well or whatever. Um, So then he turns to the painting. He goes closer and he sees his friend with a trash bag over his head. And the strange figure from before reappears and then motions to pull the other man apart by the limbs. Just like Joseph Cutler had been killed. His blood splatters onto the billboard, and we see the signature trash man at the bottom of the billboard. So I have two questions. First, we see the killer as evil in the first few scenes. So when he killed Joseph Cutler and ripped his limbs and just, you know, went away, that was, like, totally violent. And I was, like, I I didn't like this guy. But then we realize his identity um, is the Band-Aid Nose Man, um, who supposedly speaks for the homeless. So I don't know what context that, that is in. But how did that affect your view of him? So he, you know, he was killing. We didn't understand why he was killing, but now we maybe have an, a view into that. Um, and then second, how did you feel about Margaret changing her living will without telling her family? I was, uh, I was kind of confused by by the quick reversal on that scene because moments before Scully was like, "Oh, we're going to keep her alive for however long um, it takes." And then she's obviously gone and changed all this stuff without anybody knowing. 
hopefully we get to see a little bit more about why. Um, because the the whole DNR thing, the do not resuscitate order, is kind of a big reversal. Yeah, and like all the little questions that, you know, she has, like, what is this nickel necklace? And like, you know, why did she change it? And all that stuff. It's like, yeah, I want to know, like, please, like, why, why don't we know more about, you know, why she's in such bad health or like why she changed it it would have been nice if we kind of knew that but i guess it played into the episode like of why scully was so upset so that's understandable but yeah it was a really quick few scenes together i do agree with that it could have something to do also with the uh the shortness of the episode like we were talking about how it could have been two episodes pretty easily yeah okay guys so now that we've answered that, what do you guys think about the reversal in a way on the Band-Aid Nose Man? Like, from killer to now, he's just like, oh, maybe he's like a Dexter-type personality or he's killing for good and he's like, he's trying to avenge these people that are being treated like crap. Like, what did you guys think about that? I thought it was interesting. It was almost like he was um, a person of the people, you know, helping the little guy and that kind of thing. In the beginning, sort of like as you mentioned, like we weren't really sure what was going on. You know, it just seemed like he was this murderous monster, but now he's a murderous monster with a cause, which I guess is good. It's kind of a... The classic morality tale thing that they throw in every sparse once in a while. I like the little morality moments in uh, in the X Files when it's it's not just a monster being a monster for the sake of monster reasons. Um, I like. I have a question. Like, do you think that the Band Aid Nose Man or the Trash Man um, is actually helping the homeless? Yes, like, he loves yeah? them. Yeah, but like, I don't know, like, wasn't, weren't the guys and them, like, trying to get them off the streets and put them into, like, a like a housing kind yes, of place? Yes, but they were selfish. Correct. Like, they were doing yeah. it for, they were doing that, but not for the good reasons. I mean, they were but doing it for their selfish reasons. But if I was homeless, I'd take a free house. Oh, yeah. But then like, when they... they mean, like, yeah, I know that they're selfish, but, like... I, I don't know. Like I don't know. I think I, I understand where they're like where they're both coming from. Like I think Daryl just he wanted to get them off the streets, and they do need to go in homes if they're rushing it. And if the ho- it's an old hospital, first of all, how good can it be? Like I don't know how good condition it was in. Like how good of a condition it was in, you know, prior to this knowledge of their moving there, and like no one's really like, their their fate is in these people's hands, and it's just like you know by seeing. From what we saw of them in the very first scene where they're, like, hosing them down, like, where, you know, that was really rude. And I don't really like where they're going with that. Uh, so yeah, I think, like, that back. whole team, yeah, that whole team is just, like, doing it for themselves. And then Nancy was just like, well, what if the killer is one of them? And uh, I don't think, honestly, like, I don't think the Band-Aid knows man, trash man. I don't think he's one of the homeless. He's, like, he's their, like, unspoken hero. So he's not living among them, but he is like among them kind of thing, if that makes sense. So Yeah, like he's like protecting them so like they don't get like messed with or stuff mm-hmm. like that, like mistreated, I guess. Yeah. And they, yeah, like, they seem sense. to approve. Oh yeah. 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 Not, they don't oppose to that. No. Um, but I'm just saying if I if I had a free house like that or, you know, like a roof over my head, I guess, you know, I would take it. I'd be okay yeah. with that. <laughs> I think I would live in a hospital if the opportunity arose. That's what I'm saying, man. So, I don't know. Free Jell-O. But, (laughs) continue. But not Jell-O shots. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally get where you guys are coming from. I respect that. Okay, well, going along, Dana is upset that her mother could not be on life support. Like, the do not resuscitate. Like, when was this decision made? Why was I not here for that? But the doctor reminds her that she must respect the law and her mother's wishes. And I kind of got the sense that maybe bill changed it with because bill was the one that i don't know i think maybe he signed it or something i don't know um for our listeners who either have watched the x-files before or have not bill is her brother um he is in the army i believe and i honestly didn't like him from what i remember of him like he's just kind of like this bland person and kind of like i don't know so i feel like 
that was something that she that Bill kind of maybe talked her into. So maybe, but, but like I was, I was kind of surprised that he actually wasn't in the episode. Yeah, like, I was I when like, she oh. was like, oh yeah, he like the you know the plane to Frankfurt or whatever. I was like, okay, he's gonna come, and he never did. And that really surprised me because, like, he's in the army. He should be, like, flown there, like, ASAP. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he should have been there. Yeah, like, we, I expected to see him, too. And when he didn't show up, I was just like, well, he loves his mom. Like, that's not, that's not okay. And if, if, if she's on her deathbed, like, wouldn't you want to see your mom before she would pass away? Like, that, yeah, that was really weird. Like, I don't know if he was just saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. Um, or like you know, I guess or like they maybe they just couldn't get like him in the episode. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, the act, the actor. Yeah. But I don't know. I just thought it was a little odd that he actually wasn't there. Like I know it's about Scully and stuff like that. Like Scully's connection to her mom. But I just thought he would have been there because he was always there for family gatherings and stuff like that from the past seasons. So I just thought it was a little odd. Yeah, I mean, like, Melissa has like, an excuse, like, she's dead, so she does not show up. <laughs> I know? guess. But I, guess. I wish I had I guess, that excuse. Right? Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, can you come to the family gathering? I'm, you know, dead. I, I was shot, you know, accidentally. What are you gonna do? What? Oh, I said, what are you gonna do? Sometimes you get shot. Sometimes you can't go yeah. to the, the family hangouts. That did yeah. not sound like... What are you going to do? Like, yeah, what I was like, Dagu? I understood you. <laughs> yeah, this guy gets me. Come on now. Cut <laughs> um, that out, so, please. Yeah. <laughs> Understanding one another? Yeah, it's a real tragedy. It's the worst. <laughs> okay, so Mulder appears at the hospital to comfort Scully. To get her mind off things, he speaks to her about the new bricks in the case. She confides that her mom asked for Charlie and wonders why she, she didn't ask for anyone else in her family. Like, why the estranged son? She then questions the, the quarter she found. Why was that important to her mother? The doctors then take Margaret off of life support, and then Scully cries and watches. So we then see Nancy arriving home and settling in to her house. So after that whole debacle with Daryl, she's back home now and just settling in. And then a garbage truck appears in the distance, and we see the strange figure, the Band-Aid Noseman, reappear. Amazing. Hmm? Amazing. <laughs> yes. This, we see the strange figure reappear at Nancy's, at Nancy's home. And what I loved about this was that they played Downtown by Petula Clark. Yes, I was just about to say it's that. Fantastic. Because, yeah, because that's what they did in the um, in Home back in season four when the brothers would go around killing people. They'd be like, oh, yeah. like And it, it was the funniest thing because it's like the cutest song. And it's like, was it they the had, same like, song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the same song. That's awesome. I, I had an episode in, in like weeks and weeks, but. Absolutely, I remember it. I just recognize it, you know, like something inside you just goes like, that's it. Well, I always thought it was like a cool, cool element to have that, like a song, like an old classic song, like something like Lollipop or, you know, something like that, that is supposed to be like a happy-go-lucky song. And then you just put like brutal murder in the back, like in the forefront. And it's just, um, okay, uh... (laughs) It's, it's a little twisted, but it always works. It always works. And like, especially in, you know, the first episode of Home, like, oh, yeah. In the past seasons, it worked so well because it was just, it's so unnerving. You know what I mean? They, I don't know what season this was. Forgive me, there's nine seasons, but uh, the episode Chinga, where it was about the doll and that girl and that connection, they played this girl with, like, she's a, a demon child, first of all, but the doll she had kind of, this creepy little China doll. Yeah, yeah. She used the song. I don't remember what song it was, but she was. Oh, kinda, yeah. Like, she used to play it on the record machine. Yeah, and when she didn't get her way, she's like, Mommy. I'm like, gonna... I want to play. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, that I definitely agree. It does work very well. So, this plays as he, uh, Band-Aid Nose Man slowly approaches her house and then the power goes out, much like um, Cutler when he, he was about to be murdered. Nancy looks alarmed and then she finds uh, a yellow substance which appears to be mucus and magnets on her stairs which is disgusting. And then uh, she looks up and sees that the Band-Aid Nose Man is in her house. And he begins to chase her around the house and she, as she almost gets away, he finds her. And then we see her head being dropped in the garbage chute and uh, he presses like chop or whatever so it's like blended up yes chop yes. grind it's like a grinder right. yeah and it's then we a see squisher him. isn't it for squishing yeah well i heard like a yes extra squishy i heard no, like I a motor kind of sound right so uh you, you know tomato tomato 
And then we see him right away in the garbage truck. So, and then the song is still playing. Yeah, he was making some tiny tea. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, we're back at the hospital now, and Dana receives a call from Charlie. She puts him on speaker so Charlie can speak to his mom. She pleads for him to bring her back to them. Things look hopeful. Margaret actually woke up. She then said, while holding Mulder's hand, my son is named William too, looking at Mulder, and then she flatlines, and Charlie's freaking out over the phone, like, what's going on? And then uh, that's it. Like, Margaret's dead, and Scully is, is heartbroken. So, we like, these scenes, they're switching back between these storylines very quickly, and... You know, it's it's pretty packed. I know we do have six episodes, and they're doing it well. Um, was there anything that was discussed in the last few minutes that was odd to anyone? Like, it's the X-Files, so there's some creepy, spooky stuff. But was there anything that was weird to you, especially? Allow me to address my notes one moment. Yes, that's okay. For me, no, but... I, I guess I already said it, and, and we also we all sort of agreed with it. Um, it just felt a little rushed, like they were jamming in yeah. two separate episodes into one, which isn't bad, um, you know, in the sense that they only had six, and so they had to do as much as they could. So that's that was really my only complaint. You know, I thought the, the episode was fantastic, and it was, uh, you know. It was great what they did with the monster, and it was great what they were doing with the drama and the emotions in the hospital. It just, I think it would have been just a teeny, tiny, tiny T better if there were two episodes. Well, now that you say it, Sam, like, I'm kind of questioning myself, like, wait, was there something odd about, you know, that, that scene or stuff like that? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) Um, I didn't think that, you know, the death was not... Like, it could have been dramatized, I think, a little bit more. Like, I think Margaret deserved a little bit more, you know, oomph in her death, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Yes, she should have been convulsing and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) No! I just mean, like... Dignity. Yeah, Yeah. if a character dies on a TV show, it's not just like, oh, well, he's the guy in the red suit, so obviously he's going to die this episode, so we don't have to worry about him. (laughs) Um, You know, my reference, right? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Santa Claus, obviously. Oh, obviously, right. Um, (gasps) Sam killed Santa. Where did you get that from? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> let the girl finish but yeah no like I just I thought that like even when Scully's dad died in the original seasons he got like a huge send off you know what I mean Yeah. so and I feel like Margaret was so much more involved in the X-Files and she should have gotten a little bit more than that like but as we keep saying there are only six episodes and and they had to kind of crunch things in. But, um, yeah, they could have sent her off a little bit more with a bang. Yeah. It was pretty sudden, too. Like, they pick you up and then immediately throw you back on the floor because you're like, oh, Charlie brought her back to life. And then she's like, haha, just kidding, I'm dead. And then seconds that. later, they're like, all right, she's dead. Steal her guts. Yeah, and when, like, Scully got up and was like, you get back like you don't yeah. come here and i was like oh scully sit down like please like you're making a scene it. you're making yeah. a, medical, I'm a medical doctor though oh like, my god like i found i don't know about you guys but like i found that like that time and like especially when she was like Mulder, i have to work i have to work right now let's go like she like got so confident in like this whole season like she totally turned into like bitch mode like i know like in the past seasons she was really confident but i felt like she was still a little like insecure but in all of these seasons she's just full force confident scully like take no shit from nobody i don't know if yeah. you guys think the same but i uh, i felt for her though because i think growing up like whenever i've had to deal with like a super traumatic event um i i immediately like put myself into my work and that's why I work overtime sometimes and I'm just like I, I saw that like 
Scully's a character, of course, and we obviously are emotionally invested in the show if we're doing this podcast. But watching her, like watching someone do that, it's just she's crying like for two seconds and she's like, I need to work. That just made me like really sad. Like my heart broke for her because I know what that's like and it's just it's just really sad. So I felt for her and Mulder was like, No, you have to grieve. Like I wanna I wanna hold you for like another ten years. Like, don't leave. But <laughs> You know, but then she just. I want to hold Mulder too. It's okay. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. I think we need to start a club. Like, absolutely. (laughs) Say I. (laughs) I. Um. But yeah. No. I like the reason I asked that question. If anything was odd, was because, again, they did speed it up so much, and I was just like, I don't know what to target specifically. It was just like the advancement of the storylines. I did. I do want to know what that quarter though. I don't know if like. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's like, bugging me now too. Like it's bugging me. Bugging me. That, I'm gonna be extremely upset. Yeah. Huh. Like if. Yes, they'll make it into a movie. The X Files: Legend of oh, the yeah, Order. Oh yeah, the second movie went, when uh, worked out so well, huh? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yes, they won't have uh, the religious aspect this time around. Yeah. The all holy dollar, I guess. I don't know. It's just the quarter. The holy quarter. <laughs> no, I, I don't get it. Like it's just. The, don't you guys have like tons of those things? Like, I don't know. If it was a penny. Yes. If it was a penny, I would have been like, oh, "What's a penny? Like, so cool." Being Canadian, we don't. Have <laughs> so it's just like this is a a new invention. So we see Scully, and she screams at the medics that are trying to take her body away. Uh, she's like, "You know what? No, like you cannot do that." Um, and then Mulder, Mulder holds Scully as she cries, and she's amazed that her mom's last words were about their son, William Jr. She's confused as to why she even said that. And then um, Scully says, Scully states that she must go to work immediately and then motions to leave. So then Mulder and Scully get a lead on their trash man and track him down to his lair of sorts. They are led by another homeless man into the dark depths of his space. And I mean dark. There is no light. It's kind of like throwing back to home again because they didn't have any electricity. It's kind of like when they these two had to find the peacock family like they were hiding in the depths of the the house and it was very creepy um and once they got down to the trash man they demanded that they put their flashlights away so he he lights some candles and begins to tell him about his work and you know what why he's doing what he's doing and he has disdained that the homeless people of philadelphia are treated like trash he did not commit the murders but he says he's had an accomplice one of his creations which is the bandidos man so that's a little interesting. Mulder is confused as to how he was made real. And the trash man said he came to him in his dreams. And then he came to life all on his own. Scully flashes back to William's birth in this moment. Trash man says that he wanted to make something to scare anyone that harms the homeless. So we realize now that Bayday Nose Man was, you know, the avenger of the homeless people here in Philadelphia. Scully's still having a flashback at this point. But then she said, you know what? you were responsible for this hit your creation uh, he is just as bad and you are just as bad as the people he hates because you know murder is no way to solve anything even like wrong behavior um and then they figure that once daryl relocates the homeless that um that same day he might be the next victim so um scully and Mulder try to reach Daryl to warn him they're trying to call him saying, hey, we need to talk to you. Like, it's, we're the FBI. Like, please answer your phone. As the homeless are set- settling, sort of, in this old hospital, Daryl is making the rounds. Um, the homeless people are need his attention and help, but he ignores them. He's like, go to your room, like, you know, like a little child, which I didn't appreciate. He continues down the hall to figure out what awful smell he was sensing. So, something I didn't note earlier, when Joseph Cutler was about to be murdered, he was gagging. And... We now know that that was, you know, Band-Aid Nose Man. He smells awful. Like, you can't look like that and smell wonderful. Like, you know, so I, I, I'm... It's, That's why he wears a Band-Aid on his exactly. nose. Exactly. It falls off every time you murder someone, which is, like, weird. It's weird. Wasn't, I don't know. Wasn't the actual explanation for the Band-Aid was that he needed it to keep it on the sculpture? <gasps> right. Yes, thank you. That That's something I don't know. Thank you, Greg. Can we address the things that were in like the basement of the artist's place yes. like like what 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 was that like why so do we thing- talk more about that so other <laughs> monsters the thing that approached um that was walking into the wall 
So when Mulder and Scully went down, this is like a basement apartment in the side street of like Philadelphia. And there's this long, dark hallway. And there's this like, I thought he was a dead clown. I'm not sure. He didn't have eyes. He was white. <laughs> that's what I, we got, saw him for like five seconds or less. And then like all of a sudden he's in their face. And he's it honestly, yeah, like it honestly looks like, I don't know if you guys remember this episode. It was like one of the first episodes or something. It was this thing that was in the water of like ships and like he takes like yeah yeah and like he like takes like a chunk out of like or bites people and then you know there's like a worm inside and blah 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 it the thing that jumped out at scully and and Mulder looked like that so i was like oh my god he's back what the hell and then i'm like (laughs) wait what like i don't know dana why wouldn't you follow it capture it examine it do medical stuff on it like why did they just let why did they just like let those things go like if he's like oh yeah they'll they'll die soon they're dying out why didn't you go uh yeah i'll probably go capture one of those and do you know uh an autopsy like why did nobody like freak out at that i don't know is that just me or was that they did seem to take it pretty lightly that's all they're saying this is an actual monster that you have guys been searching for for proof and you're just like oh what the hell oh and like walk away like what isn't this kind of like what the x-files is about like finding things and then for dana proving things you know finding the truth you literally just saw one with your own eyes why aren't you doing anything i think they've seen so much stuff in the last however many years they're just not phased by like one little thing it wasn't a little thing like for us we're just like oh my gosh but yeah for them like they've seen like way too much like you know they should be dead for all the things that they've seen i'm sure but desensitized to boogeymen yeah yeah like hey that's a life goal for me because i i jump at like spiders so you know i still sprint up the stairs every time i turn the lights off it's just built into me <laughs> I mean, I'm allergic to spiders. Yeah, actually, the yeah, I've sp- yeah, sprinting. That's that's normal. And they, but then you know, you would not I like sprint to be up at- the stairs all the time. Okay, because I have two basements. I sprint oh. up the stairs. You know, a couple years ago, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be a big girl today. You know, walk up the stairs, turn the lights off, not be afraid, don't look back. Yeah, that was the day that my dad decided to hide down the basement and uh, scare me. <laughs> yeah, great lesson learned. I'm still afraid of the dark. Okay. That's it's never going away now. That's with you forever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, why? Why I would feel you feel for you? To me? So my dad was also the person that sat me down when I was four and made me watch the X-Files. So bless you, Dad. Thank you very much for scaring <laughs> for the all. crap out of me for my whole life. <laughs> for all of these scary experiences that Madison experienced. Yeah. All right, so... Daryl continues down the hall to figure out what awful smell he was sensing. Um, Daryl sees the same yellow substance Nancy saw before she was killed and, and continues to move forward like a stupid rich guy trope in every horror movie ever goes towards a thing that's like super scary and could kill him or whatever. Like, oh, I must check this out. Idiot. Oh my gosh. The band-aid nose man appears behind him and he books it like an idiot. Mulder and Scully appear on the scene following the band-aid dose man's scent. So they're like two seconds behind him. Um, they hear Daryl screaming and they arrive a second too late. He's dead and extremely dismembered. But where did the band-aid man go? Band-aid nose man go. There is like one way into that room. I don't know where he went. Like, does he just like transport places? I don't know. Um, I thought that end- he could have been like on his phone or something. Like, I thought it was like that. Because he had his phone out, and I'm like, oh, maybe, like, he took a photo of him or something, and then, like, it's going to be instilled on his phone, and then he's going to come out of his phone the next time. Like, I don't know. I thought it was that, and then it just wasn't, and I was upset. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I'm, I'm under, I wonder why they didn't. I don't know. Like, wh- where else could he have gone? Like, that could, like in awesome. the drain or something? <laughs> yeah. How would he fit? I don't. Oh, man. They got to Well, he's, he's a spooky goblin. Garbage. He's garbage, yeah. He's goblin. Wow. That's cute. That's cute. So, we then see the trash man leaving his hideout. And the sculpture of the Band-Aid Nose Man is now a huge smiley face, which, not sure why he changed it, but if uh, we ever... No! We ever see the smiley face... The, the Band-Aid Nose Man is happy now. If I ever see a monster uh, with, like, a big smiley face head, 
Oh my god, I'd be I'd be scared. Even though it looks happy, I'd be scared. There I is... interpreted that as uh, the artist trying to change the the values of the monster. Oh yeah, because... yeah. Like that oh. was the whole see, point. I interpreted that as the yeah. monster changing it. No, oh, I would really no. like to see him come back as a happy face monster that still murders the shit out of people. Oh, that would make my day. That's so even worse. Yeah, that's like even... I totally agree. I totally agree with Greg. Like it was definitely like I thought the artist was like. You know, he realized that what's done is done, what needed to be done is done, and it's time to move on. For him, the well, the tra or the Band-Aid man, to you know, like be like the other monsters now and like die. <laughs> I guess like he did his job, and now he can you know die in peace. I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I'm saying this because it's not sounding any positive. <laughs> um, but I guess, like, it was his time to to go. And, you know, like, the artist left. But, you know, Sam, not to steal your thunder or anything, but that whole painting on the wall left some questions unanswered. So yeah, yeah we'll see so if he does come back, Greg, with a smiley face. Actually, I'm, yeah. I am so ready. I am so ready. Okay. That actually, <laughs> what you just said answered my question. So we see what Madison said. We see the mysterious graffiti from the first billboard has reappeared on the brick wall of the hideout, which I, I'm thinking now that's where the Band-Aid Nose Man went. That's yeah, but like, his... he didn't have a smiley face on the graffiti. Like, I'm concerned. I, that I'm bothered concerned. me. I wish he had a smiley face on the graffiti. Yeah, but... like, that would have been perfect. Like, okay, we're good. He's done. Maybe he's not done. I don't know. I want answers. Like, okay, yes. He's coming for you. Uh, oh, I'm not sleeping tonight, so that's all right. Um, when I bought the DVD, just a quick note, it says, like, all questions are answered. I'm like, that is such crap. Like, there's going to be at least one question that's not answered. And that's this is, like, I think the first question. I'm sure there's Excuse many, many more. Me, all questions are answered. Like, what what about the whole thing about Margaret and the stupid yeah. nickel? Are you serious? <laughs> and what about Lizard Man coming back? I want to know about that and anything else that happened in the last couple episodes. I want to know. There's so many questions with each that episode. That is false advertising. False advertising. Yeah. It's like it's like the government. Like they're it's like they're bringing how they view the government and like you know advertising from the show like into the real world. Like oh yeah, listen to all of your questions. Like these are all of the answers that you ever need. Yeah, they're lying. But finally, we see Skull Mulder and Scully at the beach. Scully reflects on Charlie and says that her mom wanted to know he'd be okay before she died. And that's why her last words were for William, who she, you know, thought Mulder was William. To also know that he was okay. The reality is, ni neither of them know where William actually is, or if he's alive. But they put him up for adoption to protect him. Scully knows all of this, but she misses him dearly. And she's like, well, where is he right now? What is William thinking and feeling right now as a 15-year-old boy? Like, does he regret anything you know does he hate us you know what what is he thinking she wants to know that um and her and Mulder didn't treat him like trash and then Mulder holds her close as she sobs and then we get a beautiful view of the beach and then that's the end of the episode so any final thoughts on the end of this episode I thought it was a little heavy-handed like really I, agree. I hope he doesn't think we treated him like trash like really they had to put Bad that line in there yeah, it was just that I liked the elements of the monster of the week and I thought the monster of the week was really good. I loved the stuff with the hospital with Dana and, and, and her mom and that kind of thing. Once again, and I've said it multiple times, it, it really should have been two separate episodes. It should not have been one episode but since it is one episode so we've got to deal with it being a singular episode like the correlations like between like scully giving birth and like the man creating the creature i felt like that was stretching it a little bit and like her like coming to this realization like it's your fault because you basically you're this creature's parent and you didn't parent it and all this kind of stuff and then the conversation at the end i liked the conversation at the end until she had that line because i'm like oh gosh they're trying to somehow correlate this with that creature and it just wasn't connecting for me i thought it was funny that when she said that pun, Walter's just like, I'm just going to hug you and I hope you stop making puns. Like, that's my job. <laughs> that's kind of how I, I felt about that. 
No, it was more like David Duchovny saying, like, I'm so sorry they gave you that line to <laughs> say, and I'm so glad that I didn't have to say <laughs> it. I would have been, too. It, it was super ham-fisted, and that was, like, the only problem I had with the whole thing. The, like, the whole time, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, this episode is so good. I'm so excited about this episode. Everything's so good. I can't even express how excited I am. And then they just punched me in the gut, and then that was the thing they left me with, and I was really disappointed. But I can put away one line for a moment and say that it was still really great. Yeah, I actually never thought of it like that. How, like, well, we were, okay, we've talked about this so often, how, you know, not enough time to have two things together that could have been two separate episodes. I totally agree. But, you know, what we have and what we deal with, whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's true. Like, the monster and Margaret didn't really go together. And I felt like they did push it a lot. Um, so that is true. But, the ending scene on the beach I really enjoyed because like just the the whole setting like the scene setting and like them on the beach like it was just so nostalgic and I just loved it but I thought the episode was pretty heavy it was dark um and you know like it was it was still good it was still the x-files but yeah it was it was rushed Yeah, I have to agree. Like, I just, it was so much emotional baggage for one episode because they put in two. It's like they're bringing back this old favorite, the most disturbing X Files episode, and they're kind of recreating it, moving it forward. And then, like, Margaret died. It's like, what? Uh, like, going off topic a little bit for like one second, when I went to see uh, Captain America Civil War, um, spoiler alert for that, uh, Cap, um, Captain America, his wife, like, passed away. And I thought she had died already. And they brought it back. And I was like, what? Are you kidding? Like, I was... That's not his wife. Like, That's yeah. just... That That was... They were going to go to a dance. Oh, well, it still made me sad. Because, like, he... It was like he was seven years late for date. The you dance. Know? Okay. Well, I got confused. I don't know. Peggy just has a, you know, special place in my heart. And hey, wanted man, them Paul. to be... Married, whatever. <laughs> if you're if you're from a conservative enough household, a dance is just as good as marriage. So really, yes, yeah, exactly. Anyhow, but yeah, overall, like emotional baggage was like high. Um, I did appreciate all the things they did well about the episode, but yeah, I think William versus the monster was stretching it, and it's like who thinks that way? It's like birth is not pretty, but it doesn't mean you're creating a monster. You know, yeah. I, I assume William has... I hope he doesn't think we treated him like trash. I mean, I assume William has uh, <laughs> alien DNA, but like doesn't mean he's a monster because you're not a monster because you have alien DNA. It's like, get over yourself almost. You know, you've been through a lot where it's like you've beat cancer, you've cheated death. Like, I mean, come on, you know. Um. So since we finished our recap, it's time to rate this episode. You may rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 UFOs. If you happen to find this episode exceptional and awesome, you may give it a golden UFO. And I will note that uh, Madison and Poppy gave golden UFOs for season 10, episode 3, titled Mulder and Scully Meet the Werewolf. Were-monster. I'm sorry. I met with Werewolf on Monday. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so I will start with uh, Madison. What are you going to rate this episode? Okay. <laughs> Poppy, should I, you know, prolong it or what should I do? Ooh, prolong. Prolong. Okay. Hmm. Well, I think <laughs> uh I think that the episode definitely deserves some high rating, but because of all the negatives that we did talk about, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 UFOs. And the reason being is because I really did enjoy it. The gore was really, really well done. Like, especially, like, when the monster ripped them apart. Like, you could see the vertebrae and the blood spatter and stuff like that. Like, that was really, really, really well done. The camera work, amazing. The scene work, amazing. I just thought the cinematography was so well done. Um, the acting was a little iffy, I think, because some of the dialogue like did not need to be in there like you just said like i hope we he doesn't think we treat him like trash that was just like such a cheesy line and you know like 
we said before, the this episode should have been split into two. Margaret should have had a more dignified and designated send-off, just like her father did, and it should have been more important. And so many questions were unanswered, probably meaningful. You know, the, the writers probably meant to do that, which is understandable, but it is nerve-wracking. And I just think that it was a really good episode because... It was so deep into, you know, what the X-Files is about. Life is still going on, even though we're watching, you know, these two amazing people solve crimes. But, you know, life is still there. People will still die and it happens every day. So I think it deserves a 9 out of 10 because even the monster itself, like a new monster, they created a new monster. It was pretty cool. So I enjoyed it. But... What do you guys think? All right. Greg, what about you? What are you going to rate this episode? I'm uh, I'm not going to drag it out nearly as long uh, because I'm not a big fan of drum rolls. But I oh will say... Oh, my God. <laughs> no. This, uh, Hashtag. What, is that, is that going to be a thing for me now? Is that like my thing? I just You're drag like things out. No, no. I just You started <laughs> by asking how long you should drag it out. I'm, now I'm dragging it out. Everybody's oh, Greg, get cut to the chase, please. So let's be real here. I thought this just don't cut the oh, cheese. No, not a not a chance. Not on. This is audio. We can't smell it, so don't worry. That's true. Just mute like- yourself. But whoever smelt it dealt <laughs> it. <laughs> um. So this this episode was really good. Monster was super great. Uh, some of the other stuff left me feeling kind of. Uh, I mean, I don't want to use too strong a phrase, but a little bit empty inside. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was expecting like trash, yeah, kind of like they they treated me like trash. You know, they just threw me away. Um, so it was, uh, it it was a solid episode, and I'm gonna give it a solid seven. But that's as high as oh seven. I know, I know. Explain, I'm a monster. Explain. Well, damn. So, to to me, I think the the one side of it. Um, pulled down the other and I think that the way they handled some of the stuff with uh, Scully's family and the fact that she just abruptly walks out of a crime scene and stuff it was kind of like um, it felt plotty it felt like a plot and so that sucks me out of it and the second it sucked me out of it I was like I can't go and give this a 10 i'm not even in it i was all the way in it when there was a crazy lizard man running around who was also a famed new zealandish actor reese darby i was all the way in but the second she walked <laughs> off of that crime scene was like sorry i have to go to hospital for reasons and i know there were only two people in the country that can cover this but you got this one on your own right Mulder? and then just like fucks off i i got sucked out and then everything <laughs> she did from then on was like all right this is weird this is a weird feeling that i'm having yeah, um, I just like I like like you're saying like it was just it was so split. Like we all agree this should have been two separate episodes. There are absolutely. two stories. It should not have been, you know, put together and like you said with the far stretch like trying to make the monster relate to, you know, this whole like death and also William, their son. Like it was yeah, it felt it's shoehorned. Hard. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my biggest criticism at the end of it was that I got the sense that they really just wanted to get rid of a character so we didn't have to worry about her when people were asking if there were loose ends still. Um, and that kind of made me feel a little bit, uh, not cheated as an audience member, but definitely not uh, not like they were giving me the big old bear hug that they usually do. All right, so we have a 9 and a 7. Poppy, what are you going to rate this episode? Okay. So I don't think I'm going to agree with any of you. Because I don't feel like it's a 7. And I'll be honest, initially I was leaning more towards a 9. But after like going over like the uh, issues that I had with the episode, as well as the issues that we all had with the episode, I feel like the appropriate rating from me would be right in the middle, which would be an 8. I respect that. Yeah, so I think we've all sort of said him, so I don't don't feel like I, I should just, you know, 
pour acid onto the wound. <laughs> but, I mean, there were obviously issues with the episode. They were two really good plot lines that should have had their own individual episodes. I enjoyed the monster a lot. I enjoyed the uh, drama in the hospital. Obviously, it was very emotional and, and that kind of thing. Enjoyed it for a different reason than the monster. And for some reason, they tried and tried and tried to make them click. And they didn't because the stories were really different. And unfortunately, I mean, it was an issue with the amount of episodes that they had. You know, they had other things that they wanted to tell. So they couldn't split this one episode into two episodes. Or maybe they had these two storylines and they decided to combine them together. So, yeah. So a solid eight. It wasn't horrible. I know that we kind of uh, ragged on it a lot. But we're only ragging on it because we really love the series. I mean, it was an enjoyable episode. It just could have been a little bit better. Yeah, like that's why I gave it a nine was because... You know, there were so many positive things to take out of it. Like, thinking if they were two separate episodes, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot better. But still, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt with the fact that they only had that many episodes, right? So, dealing with what they had, I thought that it deserved a nine because, like, it did hit all those points. Like, obviously, there were some negative things in questions, but, um, yeah, I just thought that it was still pretty good. And, you know, like, you have to think that, you know, pilot series and stuff like this, it it kind of is a little rushed. But it still does not top my golden UFO in the last episode. I don't think anything can top that yet. It was hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so we have a 7, an 8, and a 9. I'm going to have to agree with Poppy. I think 8 is appropriate. I, I, I do... Yay, you agreed with the right person. Oh. Just an FYI. Okay, okay. Hey, and everyone, he's probably right. Hey, everyone had justified uh, reasonings, and I totally respect all of you for that. Um, there were, yes, yeah, several problems with the episode. They're not huge. I mean, the biggest one was the disconnect between both stories, but I did like the moment. Like, I just... I would have liked it if they had adopted, um, adapted, I guess, the Home Again story more. Like, I kind of would have liked to see more of, like, the original part of it. Like, I mean, the monster was based off of the Peacock family, and that was cool. I just wanted to see maybe a little more of that expanded, because he kind of was just, like, here for a second, and he was gone. Like, he only killed, like, two or three people. It's like, come on. I want to see. I want to see more. But you want to see more murder, Sam? Well, You're bloodthirsty. Well, I mean, I want to see more of this. I don't it was, it was such an upsetting. I love episode. Sam's dark yeah, side. It was such an upsetting episode. There was only like three people who died. Yeah. Um, okay. It wasn't entertaining. I <laughs> more blood. Two out of ten. Not enough grieving widows. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let me Aww. let me rephrase. I think Sam might need some tiny I tea. Didn't see Gosh. enough carcasses on the ground, like God. Killer yeah. Exactly. Tea. Um, no, okay, let me rephrase. I, I meant I should have said I wanted to see more of the Bane Nose Man because he reminded me of the Peacock Brothers. I don't know which one they have three, and I don't remember their names because, you know, creepy as heck. But you will dream about uh, them tonight. No, no, I won't sleep. I'm not sleeping. Then I told you I'm not sleeping. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I really, yeah, like I agree with Madison. I really do think that, you know, Margaret deserves more respect because I mean, like, you know, yeah, D Dana's dad definitely got like, he almost got like almost an episode in a way. Like, was da his dad not in jail? Her dad not in jail? Like, was that not? Um, I don't remember. This was this is like in the first two seasons. I don't remember exactly, but it, like, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Like, was the father not in jail and he died in jail? I'm not sure. No. No. Okay. No, I don't know I'm thinking that the father was in like the army and stuff, wasn't he? Oh, right. Or yeah. Didn't he have like guys? Do you remember? I'm thinking of the episode where that psychic person was in jail and like, I don't know. I think that was when she figured out her dad died. So I'm just might be getting confused. Like, um, that guy that was like reading their thoughts from jail. Like that's, that's the episode I'm getting confused with. Mm. Yeah. That's why I'm regardless. Like, he got more of a send off than she did. Yeah. And then like, I think even Melissa, like, like she was wrongly killed, obviously. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Melissa like, was I, a big deal too. Yeah. And then it's just like, Oh yeah. By the way, your mom's dying and like you know get over here it's like uh if my mom was dying and like you know it was a tv show i would want like a whole episode and a half about that but like yeah so that was an issue like we said and 
like when I'm, I'm hopeful when uh, season 11 comes I want backstories I want context of everything that we're missing out on right now like I, I really hope that it's, that's what they have in mind because it, they there have been talks that season 11 will have like eight or ten episodes and that's like a lot more than just six so but yeah I did like the the aspects that were done well were done very well so eight out of 10 UFOs is appropriate for me. All right, so with that, join us next time for a brand new installment of The Truth Is Out There. Visit poppychularadio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for The Truth Is Out There and subscribe. Please like Poppy Chula Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychularadio. Follow the show on Tumblr, thexfiles-pcr.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash radio. Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a very good night. Good night, listeners. The truth is out there, and the truth is that we will not treat you like trash. Damn it! I was gonna say that. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Don't treat your kids like trash, or the ones that you gave up for adoption. Either or. Good night, friends. Good night. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of The Truth Is Out There. Good night. Bye. Bye. Good night.